through him might be saved. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. This is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness not more than but rather than light. I want to talk to you for a few moments about the crisis of his coming. The crisis of his coming. Would you put your Bibles down and would you breathe a prayer for your pastor today that he can speak a word to your heart? In the name of Jesus right now, I pray God you will give me liberty and wisdom and understanding and help me today to be able to speak your word, oh God, that somehow today something could happen in this service that would be transforming, that lives would be changed today because of an encounter with you. I'm not interested, Lord, in them being wowed by me or by my words, but I desire more than anything that they be moved by your touch and drawn into your presence We ask that in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It is perhaps the most quoted verse of Scripture in all of the Bible. It is a wealth of riches that never ceases to speak its powerful message. There is no text of Scripture or manuscript of literature that is more powerful in its essence than John 3.16. For God so loved the world. In that one verse of scripture, we are introduced to the greatest lover, God. The greatest degree or the greatest measure of love that he so loved. It's amazing how one small two-letter word could carry such impact. But God so loved the world. It describes the greatest act that has ever been acted out in this world that he gave. It tells us of the greatest gift that's ever been offered. It presents the greatest opportunity that mankind could ever hear. That whosoever will, whosoever believeth, Everyone is included. It speaks of the simplicity of believing and it offers to you and I the greatest promise that we will not perish. And it guarantees our greatest possession that we will have everlasting life. And it is such a powerful, powerful thought to our hearts today. It's the reason that we're here. Think about it for just a moment. And you understand that the only reason that we are in this place today is because God so loved the world that he gave. 
His boundless, abundant, exceeding, great, and merciful love. Never underestimate the power of His love and the depth of that love or the height of that love. And never forget the cost at which it came to you and I. It came by means of blood, costly blood, sacrificial blood. And it came for a purpose that whosoever will, whosoever will, nudge your neighbor and say he's talking about you right now. The love of God came for you. He came for all of us today so that we would not perish but have everlasting life. There is nothing in all of Scripture that is more amazing to me than the love of God. It never ceases to amaze and move me. God's purpose in coming to the world was not to condemn it. Although he had plenty of reasons to do that, man's iniquity and his rebellion and his wickedness and his ingratitude and his idolatry and his rejection, all of those were reasons that God could have come in judgment But instead of being justified in doing so, he came rather to save. Aren't you thankful that he came to save? I think we ought to take a moment and just praise him for that right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He came to restore what had been lost in the fall. And he made provision for every man, every woman, every child through his love and mercy. And yet there is a part of our text that is often overlooked, and yet it carries the most important message of all. Perhaps you think that would be a little stretch of the mind or the imagination to say that. How could you say anything is greater than John 3.16, John 3.19? You need to read it again. Because the scripture says, and this is the condemnation, or this is the crisis. This is the judgment. Light has come. Everybody say that with me. Light has come. The crisis is that light has come. That light which dispels darkness and illuminates the heart. And guides and reveals and speaks light that instructs and teaches and and leads us light that gives consciousness to our need of something greater. The Bible said that light is come into the world. It is the hope of the world. But I tell you that the test of this hour for me is not that the light has come, but whether or not I believe and I respond to the light that is given. You see, the crisis of the hour is not really your sin or mine, although that's what separates us from him. The crisis is not how many times I've failed him. The the crisis is not whether I did it last night or last week, or if it's been multiple times that I'm guilty of the same fault. That's not really the crisis. 
The crisis is that light has now come and light is offering me an opportunity out of my misery. Light is offering me a way out of that darkness. Life is offering to me a way through a passage that I could not make on my own. And the choice comes back on me. It's not just that the Lord came into the world to save sinners. The question is, will I let him save me? Amen. Everybody say light has come. You see, he is sending his light, and in sending his light, it precipitates a crisis in our life. Now we are compelled to either withdraw into our darkness or move out into our light. When I was preparing for this last night through the night, the Lord kept seeming to awake me and remind me that it's not just about my love this morning. It's, it's about a decision and a choice that people are going to make in that service in the morning that will determine whether my sacrifice goes for good or goes for naught. It's not going to be just that I shed blood and that I was whipped and beaten and was crucified for them. If they don't understand and open their heart to that, then everything that I did would be in vain to them because light has come. And the crisis is not that I have given. The crisis is whether or not they will receive what I have given. You see, the problem this morning is not for us to understand the love of God. The problem is whether or not we will respond to the love of God. It's interesting to note, and don't, don't get too comfortable because I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull somebody else on you. I'm going to quit in about five minutes. The interesting thing is that doesn't say that they love darkness more than light. It just says that they love darkness rather. It was easier for them to stay in their misery than to move toward his mercy. It was easier for them to just pull back and say, well, you know what? I, I've heard that before and preacher, you're not going to change my mind. I don't feel, I, I, there's no way I can do it. There's no way I can live for God. And so we pull back into our little shell and we choose darkness. We choose to go on living in misery and the discomfort of a heart that is speaking to us, but we're not paying attention. A conscience that continues to cry out, oh love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels song. And yet that love goes for naught. If I walk out of this building today and I do not do something about the light that God is shining in my heart right now. A light that's saying, come on, 
You, you've been away from me. Come on. You, you're too far from me. Come, come, come on back. This, you, you, you're, you, you've gotten too comfortable. Some of you, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but some of you have become professional churchgoers. You just like coming and sitting on the pew. You don't want to get too involved. You don't want to get too wrapped up in these songs because there might come a change. There might be something transformational that happens to you. And so you just go through your little patty cake for Jesus and you soon your conscience but let me tell you something light has shown in this building today and you're going to stand one day not just because of your sin I have news for you if a person is lost I do not believe it will be their sin that will torment them for eternity I'm going to tell you what I believe the torment of eternity is going to be. That light came to my life. And I choose to walk away from it. Light came into my heart. And I chose rather just to stay where I, because I'm comfortable in my dysfunction. I'm comfortable in my chaos. I like talking about my problems. I like talking about how everything's gone wrong. I like living in this, this world that is upside down. But the Lord's offering me something better than that. He's pulling me towards something, something pure and holy and righteous and good. And He's said come on this is the life that I have for you come on and his love cries out and his mercy cries out and his light shines and the crisis is what am I going to do with the light that's shining in this place the love of God that's been reaching out in this building all during this service The mercy of God that has embraced some of you while we were worshiping and singing. Some of you didn't want it to happen. You didn't plan. You you tried not to think about it. But one word in that chorus, one one thing they said, there was one note that they hit that just, it stirred something in you and something appeared on your cheek. You didn't intend, you, you, you get it off of it. You don't want any evidence to be there that God might really be getting close to you. The judgment of eternity is not going to be your sin. The judgment of eternity is going to be how many services you set in and God's light shined in your life and said, come on, this is the way out of that mess. This is the pathway to wholeness. This is the way to truth. This is the way to a better life. This is how you live so that you can glorify me. And you chose rather to walk back out those doors the same way you came in. And go home and pull back in your darkness and live in your dysfunction. Try to manage your conscience that every once in a while tries to speak. This is not what God made you for. This is not how God created you to be. God created you for better things. Oh God, help me today. That the, the, the crisis of this hour is not all of my failures. I, I, I need to get that through. Some of you are hung up on your failures and the crisis is not how many times you failed. The crisis is how many times God has shown light into your failure and you just laughed at it or you smirked at it or you just ignored it or you said, oh, not today, God. 
That's the crisis. Because condemnation has come. Judgment has come. It has begun at the house of the Lord. And you know, you know why it begins at the house of the Lord? Because this is where His light shines. This is where His glory is. And this is where God creates opportunities for us to turn things around and make right to wrong deeds and to turn our life in the right direction. And we have a choice today. We have to make up our mind. Are we going to just keep going on in that dysfunction? Are we going to turn around and march toward the light? Are we going to open our heart to the love of God that's in this building today and say, come on in, Lord. I need what your love can do in my heart. I need what your mercy can do in my life. I need you to turn me around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The crisis of his coming is that it puts you in a place where you have to decide, what am I going to do with him? What am I going to do with him? I've got Jesus on my hands. I got news for you. You may not have intended when you got up this morning for this to be what happened, but you've got Jesus on your hands right now. You've got every drop of blood that he ever shed. You've got every stripe that was laid on his back. You've got the nail prints that were in his hand. You've got the pierced side. You've got the raven back. You've got all of the misery. You've got the plucked beard. You've got all the spitting on your hand. And he's saying, now I want you to know. I want to know what you're going to do with me. I didn't come here to condemn you. I came here to save you. I came here because I love you. And this is what I did for you. What are you going to do about what I've done for you? Come on, stand to your feet and clap your hands and give him praise right now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hate to tell you this, but some of you think you're going to be judged because of your sins. That's going to be minor. That's going to be minor compared to what judgment's going to be like. Because a real judgment's going to be how often did God shine his light in your pathway and you just kept on walking? How often did God speak through a preacher or through a song or through a service or through one of his people? You see, light comes from different sources. It comes from him. It comes from his word. It also comes from his body. The Bible said you are the light of the world. So you're surrounded by light this morning. Hey, if you look around, there are other people that have overcome addictions just like you're battling. They've overcome immoral lifestyle just like you're battling. They've overcome sin just like you're battling. They've overcome other things that have stripped their life up. And so when you look around you, you're surrounded by light that said, hey, if I can do it, you can do it. If it can happen in me, it can happen in you. And I I know it may sound like I'm condemning you. I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying that light has come. Look, look around you. Light. The main reason for light is to dispel darkness. It's to push back that shroud of darkness that has engulfed your life. You know, it's hard to make 
the right moves in the dark. I, I was driving early this morning before the sun was up to church. And uh, I, 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 I was so conscious of the fact that my, my vision was limited. And there's so many dark spots where people can be on the road and you not even see them until that split second. It's almost too late. And I remember my mind flashed back several years ago. I had gotten up about 4.30 to come to church one Sunday morning. And, and, and the only place I knew that was open at that time was McDonald's. And so I went by there to get a cup of coffee. And I started to pull in the drive. And the drive was in darkness. You could, there was no light shining in that area. And as I turned and moved across the highway, there was a man walking Across that entry, no, no, no reflectors, no, no identification, nothing that would make you aware that he was there. But when the light, oh man, I slid on my brakes and my heart jumped up in my throat. I thought, oh God, I just about ran over a man. That's what happens when you're in the dark. You make unwise decisions. You, you don't mean to. I wouldn't have run over that man on purpose. But when you're living in dark and in darkness, sometimes you don't make the wisest moves. That's why his light has come. That's why his light has come today to shine, to help you, so you don't keep making those same mistakes. So you don't keep stumbling down that road. Somehow you can catch yourself and say, oh, 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 God, help me. Thank you. I need to turn around. Amen. Light, light shining right now. Not just natural light, but spiritual light. It's all around you. Do you feel God talking to you any right now? Do you feel him whispering to you? Hey, it's you I'm talking to. I'm you're, you're too far back. You're, you're too far away from me. You're that distant disciple. I, I don't need distant disciples. I, I want you to get up here where you belong. I, I want you to get out of the shadows. That's a dangerous place to live. Peter, come on out of the shadows. You can't keep warming yourself around that fire in the darkness and not make a mistake. Even though you're Simon Peter, you cannot do that. Come on. And the Holy Ghost is calling somebody this morning for, for all of us, really. Because light has come. Light is here. There's opportunity. If something's in your heart that doesn't need to be here, there's an opportunity this morning for me to get it out. There's an opportunity for me to draw close to Him. There's an opportunity for me to say, Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Oh, Yes, Jesus. Lord, help me today. Oh, Lord. I need you today. I need you today. I need you today. Oh, God. Every song that's been sung, I'm going to be judged by every song. Because it was a dispenser of light. Every word that has been spoken, it's going to be a witness. God, you're speaking to me now. Draw me nearer to you, Lord. Draw me nearer to you, Lord. Come on. 
Come on, somebody call upon the name of the Lord right now. Call upon Him right now. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Draw me close to you, Lord. Draw me near to you, Lord.